Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now everybody and welcome back to acts of pod on lead vocals it's me dream maker heartbreaker gina and on bass as always we have ann how are you doing ann good i'm good oh that's great to hear yeah and then uh on keyboards and you know percussion in general um how are you doing Cezanne? i'm doing pretty good yeah i'm doing great I'm looking forward to a, to a break, a little, little winter break. Yeah. Yeah. Break from school, a little, oh, holiday, a little holiday cheer. Yeah. You know, some jolly holiday. That's right. That kind of stuff. I, I've heard people say it's the most wonderful time. <laughs> I'm of getting the year. a spirit, if only because I don't have anything else to do. Right. <laughs> I mean, I got a lot to do, but like with my mind and my emotional energy, that's what I right. can do with it. Right. So I mean, so I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm doing it. So I'm doing so it. I'm doing super it. hard. So how are you? How how's it, how are you doing, Gina? I mean, it's been going great. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if you knew this, but. You know, they put a lot of LSD experiments from the 50s on YouTube, and I've been watching them. <laughs> that sounds cool. Oh, um, God. Oh. Yeah, it has to be MK Ultra. I, I don't yeah. know why they, but it was at the VA hospital, and um, there was a woman who described herself as an ordinary housewife who only three hours later then said, Can't you see? We're all connected. (laughs) We're all molecules everywhere. With a bright golden light, we're all vibrating. Can't you see it, doctor? Uh, Anyway. No, but you know what that tells me? Everybody needs to do some LSD. Yeah. Look, that is the only takeaway. That is the takeaway. The takeaway is... Maybe they would wear a fucking mask and care about other people. Yeah. If they were all molecules of the same being. Is your ego driving your life? <laughs> like, are you just hell bent on just every being angry at everything? Yeah. Here, just lean on back. Take a little drippy drops. Take a yeah. couple drip, little drippy drops. Yeah. See what see what good happens. music. And you know, think about the superstructure. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently. There was a huge LSD problem at one of the nuclear containment facilities. <laughs> oh, wow. 
That's how you and get they, through that. Yeah, that they were trying to. Um, it's hard to test for it. Like it goes out of the bloodstream really fast. So good to know. Um, but anyway, all this to say that that beautiful, loving relationship between the the CIA and the military and LSD has not gone away. It's <laughs> yeah, pretty strong. Yeah. <laughs> going pretty strong. strong. Uh. But um. Wow, there's just so much on YouTube. These days. <laughs> Have y'all heard of YouTube? Y'all know. I mean, y'all know just, what they put on there. I'm getting into it. Is Rizzoli and Isles on YouTube yet? That's oh what my god! I to know. <laughs> and so while while you were, I don't know what you were doing, Cezanne, but you had wandered off for a little bit. And said, I've been looking for a new detective show, <laughs> and I happened upon Rizzoli at Isles. It's not my cup of tea. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I'll tell you, uh, about a decade ago, I think it was, I also watched a few episodes of it and didn't care I mean, for it. I think we all did. <laughs> I'm desperate. I'm desperate for some more detective shows. You are I diving tried, deep into the well. I know. I tried, I've tried the new Sherlock. Well, I don't know this is new. The one with Martin Freeman is watson you know but these are all things that you know we've had to to do because it because we've been quarantined because of this virus this really just shut the whole world down but but most particularly here in the u.s yeah <laughs> right because we it's can't such a great great job yeah yeah because they politicized a virus and you know i mean you know what's going on you live here i mean <laughs> Except for our international Except fans. Except for all of our French fans. <laughs> That's right. Oh, and we're, you know, there. I think there was maybe nine listeners in India, which, again, thank hey. you, guys. Appreciate That's it. That's great. But, um, so what we wanted to do, because there are people out there, a lot of people out there, who are a little nervous about taking the vaccine. Mm-hmm. I get that. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know? Sure. Not everybody's super comfortable mm-hmm. with medicine. I mm-hmm. think it's normal to be like, oh, you're going to put that in my body. I have questions. That's mm-hmm. sure. typical. So, you know, we just wanted to give like a brief history of vaccines, um, you know, since the first time somebody popped a pustule <laughs> and smeared it all over somebody's wound. Yeah. Yeah. What's uh, what's interesting is as I think as long as as long as there's been a vaccine, there's been the anti vaccine movement. Which yes. is interesting. Yeah. That is uh that is not a new phenomenon. It's not. It is. Yeah. It's a tale as old as time. Mm-hmm. Just like everything is, honestly. If you think something's, <laughs> if you think something's new, you're just you're very naive, and you need to That's read true. more. That's true. <laughs> You've not examined that st- that structure. <laughs> no, you have not seen the superstructure. You don't know about the shared molecules. <laughs> Get on board. You, you haven't gotten on a golden spaceship exactly. with your friends. Exactly. You haven't become part of a shared consciousness. That's right. Ever in your life. Right. 
You've never telepathically spoken to the Godhead. <laughs> and asked his forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Right. And then granted it. And they granted it. That's the most important. It. They said, there is nothing to forgive you for. Exactly. Life is absurd. It is one big folly. This is all just a dream. It been granted it. Because it doesn't they exist. granted it, man. <laughs> They said just asking for forgiveness is forgiveness itself, bro. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right. So where are we going to start? So we gonna start are, with are we going to start it? Are we going to start in, in the English countryside or what? Well, you know what? Here's the thing. If you want to start with a westernized version of history, Ed, but that's not yeah, how I like to do it. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, do it. Yeah, <laughs> rage. Well, because like <laughs> I, I it sh- this may not even be the first instance, but I guess the first instance in, in anybody's written history is in China. Okay, and that's uh, where that instance of like scratching the skin. Mm-hmm. And with smallpox. Yeah. Okay. And then they would, well, there was two instances where they would break like a scab from a pustule mm-hmm. and then they would blow it into the nose. They just like mm-hmm. crush up a dried up scab mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just yeah. blow it into the nose. <sighs> yeah. Like um, pixie dust. Or I was going <laughs> to say cocaine, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although, now that I think about it, you always did call cocaine pixie dust. (laughs) (laughs) You were always like, think positive thoughts, and you can fly. And that's how I broke both of my legs. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And then the other way was, again, the scratching of the skin, and then (laughs) putting some (laughs) pustulant, just Mm -hmm. poxy. Yeah. Where, was it Goo. called variolation? I was hoping yeah. that you would come through. That's what they called it, variolation. Yes, I saw the word. I didn't want to say it. Yeah. So glad you did. Um, so, and there was an emperor um, in the late 1600s. I'm going to say Kangxi. Mm-hmm. But he... Um, he had survived smallpox, small, smallpox, uh, smallpox as a child, and then he had his children inoculated. So that was like the first. Interesting. Um, I did not know yeah. about that. So it beat out. Um, and the other thing was that um, there was another mention of it, um, like in a letter that the Turkish were doing it. Mm. Yeah, so, they also that was did again. it in yeah. Africa. And that's we'll see, there you go. that's where um, that was kind of where the first sort of experimentation in um, the U.S. colonies happened, right? Because oh, of, yeah, because one of the slaves was like, "Hey, this is what we did in Africa," and it was whoa. Co- anyway, Cotton Mather. Wow, that's interesting. Uh, okay. And well, and so was, the and so he he's credited he's credited as a as a scientist. Cotton Mather is, is credited the- <laughs> as a scientist, and his slave was um, 
I think, severely punished for not converting to Christianity. It's a good story. (laughs) It's a great story history, (laughs) isn't it? It's one of those other heartwarming stories in history. Yeah, because there was a a big outbreak of smallpox in 1625. So, like, some of the very first colonizers. Um, Yeah. And 1633. So... Either one of those could have been. Yeah, there were there were smallpox outbreaks all over the place. Like there were, you know, the ones that were documented were probably the bigger ones. But I have a feeling. Yeah, that, that maybe yeah. it just wasn't all. I have a feeling that yeah. like maybe there were some smallpox devastation of populations that weren't even recorded. Probably. Right. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. um yeah. Go ahead. Oh, but yeah, so Edward, did you, Edward Jenner, is that who you were talking about? And Yeah, yeah, that's just where uh, I, yeah, started, because I, I, well, I was, I was interested in, in the psychology, like, the history of social dissent against vaccines, and like, what, what are the arguments against them, what, what have they been in the past, and it's, very similar to they're still kind of the same today um and like with edward jenner what that was in the early 1800s um using the cow from a cow blister correct yeah that's how they that's how they did it for a long time but not just in england okay yeah um and they injected it so that oh was different Oh, okay. No, I didn't know that. Because that was like the first time that they, it was actually a vaccine as opposed oh. to the variolation. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Is that, is it that right, Cezanne? I think so. Like the variolation to me, like what I gathered is that like the variolation was sort of like the like kind of smearing and puffing of yeah. the actual, um, you know, like sort of an external way of. Yeah. I mean, internal but external, you know, not in like not an injection and then well, inoculation right. or inoculate. Well, they also called it inoculation when yeah. it was with I, the, I don't know, man, you know the, what? The Jenner, the this was, uh, from what I understood, it they would score the flesh. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, which is what you were talking about, skin scrapings, yeah. and then insert a lymph from the blister. I don't know how they... What is a blister lymph? Oh, yeah, but listen, the, the, there were some <laughs> descriptions that I saw about how... What's a, but seriously, what is a blister lymph? Well, it's the, it's the um, fluid that's in the blisters. Okay, so they would yeah, then put they that would under take the, the skin. They would take the fluid. So they, I read this thing about how they prepared it. So they would take a, they would take a calf, right? Mm. They would tie it down to a table. They would scrape it and introduce the virus mm. to the calf in the little in those areas, so that they can actually kind of like make a little graft almost of yeah. pustules to grow. They would come the stick. The sixth day was apparently like the ripen the most the best day for harvesting it. <laughs> This was when they had kind of really refined the process. This was like after 
kind of the more rudimentary. And I, uh, I wish I knew like when this was like what dates this was happening, but I don't remember. But um, so they would like mm-hmm. introduce them, and then they, out like on the sixth day they would harvest the scabby scabs, and then they would sort of get the material and like separate out the solid bits. They called it mm-hmm. pulp, and mm-hmm. then they would mix it. So then they were they refined it after a while by adding glycerin, which would. Um, kill off like the micro the other microorganisms that you could pass on through this process because right. obviously it's not a sterile thing so this was really? after it sounds yeah. really sterile <laughs> this was after, well like you know it, they're not like so they they made a big deal about talking how they like wash the calf and they would wash their hands and it was like this was like washing of the curve big breakthrough and i god i sh- probably should have tried to remember what date that was well the date anyway, that well, was part of the process are, are you of, talking about jenner if it's jenner then it's the early 1800s because yeah that's probably there, what it was. because because you start seeing there's the vaccination act emerges yes. in 1853 where they and that's when they started really doing tr- mandatory they tr- vaccines and also just sort of trying to uh hone the process and make it safe safer and more controlled and mm-hmm. yeah so they figured out they could add glycerin to it to kill off the other microorganisms that would grow in the serums. <laughs> they would make a, you know, they would actually make vials of it that they could mm. mass produce and inject into people. Good. Gina, thoughts? <laughs> no, but... um. You know that Louis Pasteur developed a vaccine for rabies. Yeah. He was pretty busy. Yeah. He was a busy guy. He's a good scientist yeah. doing good things. I mean, seriously. I would say yeah. that, like, the rabies vaccine, that's a pretty big fucking deal. Yeah. Because, you know, beyond old Yeller, <laughs> the stories I've heard about rabies, <laughs> it's... That is a terrifying disease. Listen, this, all of these vaccines are such yeah. a big fucking deal. Yeah. But in, in my limited research, I saw so many pictures of people <laughs> just fucking covered in smallpox sores. Like, oh. and just talking about like the disfigurement. And I don't even know what the survival rate was, but it wasn't great. And. Well, I, I oh, yeah, I think, I think uh, I think a, a lot of American Indian nations would uh, yeah. would agree that survival yes. rate was not was not so good. Totally wiped out, and yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I was just gonna say, you know, that how how you know, like the COVID is politicized now. It's uh, <sighs> Disease has been weaponized before. Right. I mean, we with the whole smallpox, small smallpox thing, and it's like, it, see, I don't know enough. I, I mean, I I know it was used as a tactic of genocide. Or I mean, the damage was done. Right. Like, you know, because I was seeing the back in the 1600s, they said like there was um these um like French Canadian 
well, they were French, I guess, but by the time they arrived in Canada, that, um, that like the indigenous peoples were like very hostile to them. Yes. And they didn't know why. And then they recognized that the people that had been more friendly to them, when they went back to visit them, they were all dead. Yeah. There, and yeah. so the, the, the yeah. yeah yeah they put they it made together that connection that, yeah. pretty quickly. Well, and I'm sure yeah. that people like they saw like what a kind of scourge they brought. <laughs> Which is now like they have to, they really have to like make laws to protect indigenous people that yeah. have not let. Because they know they'll just be wiped out. Like, yeah. pe- you know, like the peoples that live in like deep in forests in Brazil and like in South America. Right. Like, yeah. They just have no contact because they'll be wiped out. They don't have yeah. immunity to a lot of these diseases. Yeah. Thankfully, hundreds of years later, we sort of <laughs> figured it out. Yeah. Just, I can't imagine. Well, and then it was like right at the end of the 1800s, like there were vaccines developed for cholera and typhoid, um, the plague, um, the beginning of the 1900s, diphtheria and pertussis. And like you were saying, Cezanne, because I I looked up some of these diseases on purpose, (laughs) not on accident. Yeah. And they... They're not good. Oh, my like, God. Like, they're just, they're awful. The yeah, bladders um, that they were talking about with diphtheria? Oh, my God. Mm-mm. Oh. I mean, yeah. Well, and so with diphtheria, they, I mean, there was such a long process. I found this really awesome, like, timeline, like, the history of vaccine, the timeline of the history of vaccines or something. If you Google it, you can find it. It's, like, very exhaustive. And yeah, I saw it too. One was like, oh my god, they're working on this forever, and they had figured out kind of a pretty decent way to treat it without actually coming up with like a vaccine. Vaccine, right? They had something called like an antitoxin, which I don't know exactly how that's supposed to work. But in, I think you will like this story. Uh huh. I yeah. Do you remember? No. The story of no the great race of mercy. In Alaska. Oh! Where the dog, the champion dog, where they have the statue of the dog who raced yes. the vaccine across Alaska. Good old Balto. Balto! Yes. Good old Balto. I do. And I do know that lesser, his, his lesser um, known companion, Togo. Who's Togo? Is that it's another dog? Another dog no. that for some reason they didn't make Poor. a statue to. But Togo was Come there on, too. Man, Togo was there too, guys. There's a magic treehouse about this very run, and it is, <laughs> I mean, seat of your pants reading for any <laughs> elementary school, early elementary child. I will or forty year old woman. <laughs> I will recommend it without reservation. It's delightful and educational. So, like, the story is they have this antitoxin, but, of course, these people are in Nome, Alaska, which is 674 miles away from, like, the next big town. This isn't even Anchorage. It's, like, another town completely. It's not even Anchorage, man. (laughs) Man, it's not even – we know Anchorage. This is a place – it's so far from Anchorage. Okay? It's, like, a big state. 
20 different mushers. And I'd say the dogs. biggest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, almost the biggest state. Uh, totally, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, like, they had to bring all the... They had to save children, man, with the uh-huh. diphtheria antitoxin. This was yeah. in 1925. Communications were low, man. They didn't have internet. <laughs> they just had the you dog. You know what? Oh. You're going to really need... You're going to need a dog with the heart of a stallion. You're going <laughs> to need a dog that can see the superstructure and knows that it's part of a greater consciousness <laughs> out there on the You're tundra. Gonna need... <laughs> You're going to need a dog that's been here before, man. And back. <laughs> Balto was just that dog in a previous light... <laughs> In a previous life, he was a knight of the round table, man. Yeah. He's always a hero. Soul of a hero. But also Togo. I don't know why they don't talk about him. Yeah. Or, no. I don't know. But it's, it, you, know you know what? what? It's I worth bet, a look. I bet, it was a, I bet it was a woman, and that's why we haven't heard. It was a, it was a lady dog. Honestly. <laughs> honestly, Probably. that did occur to me. I, uh, <laughs> you think it didn't cross my mind just now? <laughs> um, well... Togo was a bitch, and that's why they left her out. <sighs> anyway, I just couldn't wait to talk about Balto with you. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so um, that diphtheria, the sixteen thirteen in Spain was known as the year of strangulations because of the diphtheria outbreak. Just like saying that. Why? The year of strangulations. Because does it make your throat close up or something? No, it was because so many people had died, the ghost came back and started strangling people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah, I'm serious. Diphtheria <laughs> makes you develop these like bladders, cystic bladders inside of your, like, I guess your. Oh, God. Trachea. Barf. Mm. And yeah. I've it, seen yeah. a cross section or two of it, and it doesn't look great. <laughs> and no. these are all the things that we don't have to deal with anymore. Well, yeah. for now, for right. now. Uh, <sighs> can, th- I think this this might be a good point to leap to leap back into some of the anti-vaccine arguments from you know the 1800s. Yeah, sure. Um, where it was uh, unchristian because it was developed from an animal, or yes. doesn't even make sense. Yeah. Well, do you want? Do you want animal I mean, inside you? animals? But no, but right. ultimately, I think so. the the winning argument that uh, still is what we hear today is uh, that um, it's a violation of personal liberty, man. Yeah. yeah, the government yeah. is developed. It has its mandatory vaccine. This is, I mean, what almost three hundred two, however many years ago, and it's still that is still the argument. You know, oh, okay. So there was a vaccination act in eighteen ninety eight in in England. Because they had had these acts and people were like, whoa, hey, don't police my body. Um, and this is the act that that uh, introduced a clause where allowed parents to 
not vaccinate to do to an to an exemption for a child. Yeah. Um, based on the concept of the conscientious objector. Yeah, that's where it started. Not with war, like I always thought, <laughs> but with vaccinations. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, you know. Uh, yeah. yeah. There's a yeah, the Anti-Vaccination League of America. America. Yeah. America. They it was that idea they spread the they were they were making the assertion that smallpox was not spread by contagion but by filth. And it became like a popular argument that it's like it's not that people are contagious, it's just like only grody, dirty, awful, poor oh. people. And oh. so you can't make me get that vaccination because I am not one of the grody pores, the grody filthy pores. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So that was like one of their first statements when they, when the anti-vaccination league. I'm, I'm going to guess there's a little bit of uh, some racism in that argument. Some, yeah, there's some classism. Oh. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That's a, that's fun. But, you know, the polio vaccine, I I think, wasn't it, it wasn't until the 50s that it was widely mm-hmm. available, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, and Can they're still now? trying to eradicate polio. Right. We think of it as all done, but it's not. I mean, can you imi- imagine living through that period of time, then, uh, like with your kids? Terrifying. I well, mean, I and had, it's not, uh, I think... We think of it as like a like a twentieth century thing because that's what we've heard of, but it's been popping up in devastating like communities for ever for a long time. Right? Yeah, it's still still out there. But um, you know, like my dad and his family are like the rural poor, mm-hmm. so like they they still had these diseases, you know. And, like, his sister died of scarlet fever, but he had an aunt that had polio and, like, like half of her face was frozen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And had been her whole life. But oh. she also made um, porcelain dolls. So, like, as a kid, I, I didn't understand why half of her face was drooping and her house was filled with thousands of doll parts. Whoa. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, like, those two things, like, living in the middle of no... It was very Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That is a very... uh, That's an interesting observation, though. Yeah, yeah. because... Yeah, like, there's probably a lot of, kind of... Classist, like, those, like, tropes that are, like, explainable by things like this. Like... Right... You know, and it was, yeah, it was just poverty. But that's the thing. I think, you know, people don't understand, you know, that sometimes it's, it's quite a privilege that you mm-hmm. don't yeah. get these awful diseases. Right. I think that's a huge issue is, it's a huge is the, the privilege to hmm, sit back and hmm, 
hmm, well, I don't know. Let me just, uh, <laughs> you know. I'm going to read these inserts and make my own decisions. You know? Yeah. yeah I think that comes from a, a great place of privilege. I- um, and that whole thing of, like, not living in fear is a, a, a gigantic privilege, right? Yeah. You don't live in fear well, because it, you haven't seen anything to be afraid of. Lucky you. Well, and that's the other thing, too, is, like, you know, you need, like, 98% or something of the population to get herd immunity, like, to be immunized. It's, like a, it's a really high percentage. Mm-hmm. And so it's, like, if you're not participating in that... Like you're putting, just like what you see with this virus now, you're putting like really vulnerable people at risk. And, you know, you're not just talking about elderly people. If like you just hate the old and you want them to die. But, you know, like kids that are fighting cancer. Yeah. Or anybody fighting cancer that have chronic illnesses and, you you, you know, they're not going to survive the mumps outbreak in their (laughs) school. No, yeah, you you bring up something talk uh, uh, going back to like the privilege and the idea of the herd immunity. It's that people are they have this luxury to count on the they're basing that on the fact that a lot of the other people are immunized, right? Yeah. So eh, they're immunized. It's fine if there is a thing. It's not really going to uh, outbreak because. People who have drank the Kool-Aid, so to speak, <laughs> have right. drank have drank the vaccination Kool-Aid. And snorted um, the flubist. But but then but it's like but you're still putting stock into vaccinations working for public health, right? Yeah. I mean, is there an ideal where no one's vaccinated ever? And we just go back to the the bladder pustules in your throat and all that? Right. It all depends on other people not getting sick around you. And yeah. and some magical thinking dream that, like, healthy bodies and natural immunity will protect you. And it's, it's, a, it's a dream. It's a dream. Which can only survive in a lack of investigation and information because if you look at this this little timeline that i found is so nice it's like (laughs) i mean you can just like flip through and you see like all of the efforts and all of the like it's just like a thousand year old recording of people trying to fight plague basically like Mm -hmm. this is killing us this is, it's killing us, it's killing our children, it's killing our loved ones, it's, it's destroying our communities, it's destroying our ways of life, and we're all going to work super hard to try to figure out and hone and use our best knowledge to eradicate this stuff so that nobody right. has to worry about it. And the only way that you can sit there and say I'll pass is if none of that has ever touched you before and you have the the pride 
like misplaced pride to say it never will because right. somehow you're special. Right. You're making me think about the luxury of not having to attend funerals of people that should still be here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know about y'all, but I, I don't want to go to funerals of, you know, young people or kids or. Even you know, old people pe- that had to even die old alone. Pe- even old people. People Jesus. I love. <laughs> Especially old people that are like, they live their fucking lives. They did everything, you know, and now they're all by themselves. Oh, yeah. God. And like, <laughs> I don't know. There also must be some sort of delusion factor because I know that there are people who have had loved ones get very sick and loved ones die who are still on this train of like mm this is no big deal like it's you know so well i think the other problem is that and and this exists a, a lot in like people with chronic illnesses is that i i was told by a doctor that they thought that lupus and other autoimmune diseases may have been caused by vaccines. Yeah. And really? Yeah. By a doctor. And they said, if it wasn't a vaccine, it may have been like a really terrible illness that, that was, wasn't treated well. And the reason they say that is because, you know, the way that vaccines are supposed to work, right. Is that they introduce a little bit, of, you know, whatever illness it is, and then it, like, it activates your immune system, and so, and they say, but in the cases of people with autoimmune disorders, like, your immune system goes, like, fucking nuts, you know, and the thing of it is, is that, you know, it feels so random when you get really sick at 22 out of nowhere, and you want to believe the, and you want to make it make sense. Sure. So a lot of people, I'm sure, that have a kid that has an unexplained, like, mental or physical disability, you know? Yeah. I'm sure that they're like, I can't think of anything else other than, you know, all of those vaccines that I had to give them or... You know, I never gave him an aspirin and I never gave him this or that or, Mm. you know. Yeah. So. Well, and also I want to say that I do actually think, I do believe that vaccine injury is real. And I do know that there are some people who have developed like Guillain-Barre from vaccines. Like, yes, that is true. Now would they not have developed it if they had been introduced to this particular virus naturally? Mm -hmm. We will never know, right? That's not something that we can ever figure out. And if you have had a a reaction to a vaccine, there are some people who are allergic to, to like the contents of a vaccine. Don't get the vaccine. If you've, Ever, obviously, if you've ever had a reaction to a vaccine, you've got a really legitimate reason sure. to not get a vaccine. But yeah. most of the people who are super anti are just 
afraid of something that is less likely than getting struck by lightning, like statistically speaking. Exactly. And much, much, much less likely than contracting COVID or spreading it to someone that you love or someone down the line that you don't even love that somebody else loves that is going to either have complications forever or die. Right? Yeah. Oh, and like, I'm definitely getting it. No, I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, the risk benefit ratio is off the charts. I mean, it would, (laughs) the, the risk that the vaccine poses is far less. (laughs) Right. Than the risk of coronavirus. Well, and listen, if your doctor, if, if your legit doctor is being like, you know what, sit this out for a while. Go ahead and oh, sure, do it yeah. because, but if you're just doing your own research and making your own choices that you're going to sit this out and let everybody else do it, that's not cool. It, yeah. Exception. And this is like, this is kind of like part of where I like went into super deep dive is exception is obviously, uh, minorities, uh, People yeah. who have been a victim of the medical system over the years. Yes. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Who have been historically <laughs> the guinea pigs for real. If, if you're, <laughs> yeah, if you're a black person, if you're a Latino person, if you are a uh, American Indian uh, any really any minority at all who has poorer health care outcomes than you know white Americans, which is all of you. Yeah, I mean your your story checks out. I mean, is there is there anything to be said for like going back to what you were saying, Gina, about a theory about autoimmune? diseases maybe being linked to vaccines are there also possible theories of links to i'm just thinking about all the toxins that we've been exposed to within our generation from lead to asbestos like all this stuff that we grew up with that was phased out knock on wood hopefully you know i mean like does having your hometown be like right next to petrochemical plants like the, right is that a, would that be a problem right um maybe I, I, yeah i mean I, you know oh i'm a hop skip and a jump from the houston ship channel you know yeah Gross. i mean there's a mil- that's the thing i i was only using that as a i'm not arguing know, with you no 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 but i'm just using that as like an example that there are so many people like me yeah that have that that's the only solution that makes sense to them and so that they that they'd be more reserved okay taking yeah but yeah. you know what gina if all of the people like you uh just out of a, an abundance of caution and fear because of whatever trauma they've been through in their yeah. health journey decided mm-hmm. they couldn't take this and all of the healthy right. white people would just fucking go take it then yeah. y- honestly smooth sailing then you wouldn't 
I would love for you not to even have to make the decision. Seriously. Let's just right. have like the like healthy people who who don't who can just be like, yeah, I can get vaccinated. It's fine. I don't have I don't take 30 different prescriptions a day, you know? Well, I mean, I I I don't it's like is my immune system totally wonky? Maybe I don't want to risk this. Like maybe I don't know how it's going to respond to this, you know, virus being purposefully injected sure. into it. That's a legitimate fear. If you've been fear. living for, you know, decades with like at the at the mercy of your immune system, I mean, I'm going to be okay if you decide to opt out. That's fine. I'm not talking about <laughs> I'm not talking about right. that. I'm talking no. about people who are perfectly healthy and just are using their privilege and their uh, health to avoid contributing to herd immunity that would protect other people. Like, yeah, this whole process, because obviously, you know, we all know the arguments against getting this vaccine, right? It's, oh, it's been rushed when really it's kind of, it's called expedited, which means it's been all th the, through all the same processes that it's supposed to be, but all of them have been expedited. Right? I, I mean, I think, I think we would, I think we would like it to be a little expedited at this point. Right. Yeah. yeah, it has to be. It has to be expedited. It's a goddamn pandemic. So, I think people don't have a good grasp of exactly what the processes are that it's been through. Like these vaccines have been through to be approved. I think they think that it's been sloppy, and you know, honestly, like when you have sloppy leadership, I can see how you might be afraid of a sloppy vaccine. Well, and plus, I I feel like I read that this was something that had been developed for a really long time, like for other like diseases or like viruses that had been around and that it was just sort of like, yeah, tweak to tweaking like to the coronavirus. Yeah, like whatever RNA thing they're attacking. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. it's an mRNA vaccine style vaccine, which has been like in development since 2011 so it's not it's not brand new and it is uh they had been working on it in i think like SARS and MERS which are yeah. both uh, also coronaviruses so, so they've already been working on vaccines against coronaviruses just not this particular strain of coronaviruses. So they had a bunch of research that they have tweaked to specifically target this vi novel virus. And yeah. so it's not like it's not like an MRA, mRNA virus has never been tested anyone ever. And plus yeah. this these particular viruses have or these particular vaccines have been tested in tens of thousands of people because they, yeah. you know, so they were the guinea pigs ostensibly. Do we have longitudinal data? No, but we do know that this kind of virus, this kind of vaccine is safe. There's no reason to believe that this particular one would not be because it's not significantly different. Yeah. Oh. Well, I wanted to also say that there are, is a, there are a couple of um, folks to follow maybe on Twitter for, you know, like 
solid information, vaccine information, um, mm-hmm. people of color. Uh, Dr. Doctor Oz. Not Dr. <laughs> Oz. Not old white dudes telling you to go get a vaccine, but like actual information about how it works. And um, so because uh, Mikia Corbett, she's been in the news a bunch. She's on the team at the NIH who's been working with Moderna to develop the this MRI. not the Pfizer vaccine, but the Moderna vaccine. And she puts a lot of great information out there. And she's like, she's very approachable. Like her style is very, you know, like you can understand what she's saying. It's not a bunch of jargon. It doesn't seem, you know, it doesn't seem inaccessible at all. And um, anyway, she's Kizzy PhD on Twitter. And also, there's a woman called Jessica Rivera. She's a Jessica Matali. What? Sorry, Jessica Malati Rivera on Instagram, and she's got some great like videos. It's like FAQs, question and answer, just like very sort of straight talk, addressing, you know, people's fears in a compassionate way like taking things seriously not just sort of brushing off you know people's fears but and really Mm -hmm. talking about like what the data says and what makes sense and so those are some people to follow if you uh need some voices like that in your life all right okay okay (laughs) All right. All right. Now we're done. Bye. Okay. <laughs> All right. So if you want to follow us or get in touch with us, rather, um, you can reach us at Axopod on Twitter, Axopod on Facebook, Axopod at Gmail, and Axopod six feet away from your mother's house. With a mask on. Wearing a mask. <laughs> and getting in line for that vaccine. Yep. So, I guess that's it, right? Yeah. That sounds, I, think it, I think so. Okay, good. Good. All right. Well, have a good Christmas. <laughs> I will talk to you before Christmas. Yeah, okay. Uh, before Christ Christmas. Oh, Oh, Christ, Miss Tree. (laughs) Oh, holy no. (laughs) Okay. My name's Edward Jenner. (laughs) And there was once upon a time a cow postal erupted. And I said, and I say I put it on the child. Well, 